Chapter Two, Part One of A Common Story by Ivan Goncharov, translated by Constance Garnett, eighteen sixty one to nineteen forty six. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Two, Part One. Pyotr Ivanitch Adouev, our hero's uncle, had like him been sent to Petersburg when twenty years old by his older brother alexander's father and had lived there uninterruptedly for seventeen years he had not kept up a correspondence with his relatives after his brother's death and anna pavlovna had seen nothing of him since then as he had sold his small property not far from her estate in petersburg he passed for a wealthy man and perhaps not without good grounds he had an appointment under a certain influential personage a secretary of special commissions and had ribbons to wear in his buttonhole he had a fine suite of rooms in a good street kept three men and as many horses he was not old but what is called a man in the prime of life between thirty-five and forty but he did not care to talk of his age not from petty vanity but from a sort of deliberate calculation as though with an idea of insuring his life on the easiest terms anyway there was no sign in his manner of concealing his age of any frivolous pretensions to pleasing the fair sex he was a tall well-made man with large regular features and a swarthy complexion a smooth graceful carriage and dignified but agreeable manners one of those men who are generally described by the term bel homme his face too showed dignity that is the power of controlling himself and not allowing his face to be the reflection of his feelings he was of the opinion that this was improper both for his own sake and for other people's and behaved himself in public accordingly yet one could not call his face wooden no it was only tranquil sometimes he showed the traces of fatigue doubtless from overwork he was known to be both a man of business and a busy man he always dressed carefully even stylishly but only within the limits of good taste his linen was unexceptionable his hands were plump and white with long transparent fingernails one morning when he had just waked up and rung his bell his man brought him in three letters together with the tea and informed him further of the arrival of a young gentleman who called himself alexander fedoritch adouev and him pyotr ivanitch uncle and had promised to call at twelve o'clock pyotr ivanitch listened tranquilly after his wont to this piece of news only pricking up his ears and raising his eyebrows a little good you can go he said to the servant then he took one letter and was about to break it open when he paused and reflected a nephew from the country what a surprise he muttered and i had hoped they'd forgotten me in those regions well why should i trouble myself about him i will get rid of him he rang again tell that gentleman when he comes that i set off directly i was up for my works and shall be back in three months yes sir said the servant and what shall i do with the presents with what presents a man brought them the mistress he says sent them as presents from the country presents yes a barrel of honey a bag of dried raspberries pyotr ivanitch shrugged his shoulders and two pieces of linen and preserves very fine linen i should imagine yes the linen is fine and the preserves are of sugar well you can go i will see them directly he took one letter broke it open and took a comprehensive look at the page it was written in a large round hand like print without punctuation adouev began to read in an undertone honoured sir 
having been closely acquainted and friendly with your lamented parents and having amused you not a little in your childhood and oft-times eaten bread and salt in your house therefore i cherish a warm feeling and an ardent hope that you've not forgotten the old man vasily tichovitch as we here remember you and your parents with every kindness and we pray god what a rigmarole who is it from said pyotr ivanitch looking at the signature vasily zayeshalov zayeshalov i'll be hanged if i remember it what does he want from me and he began reading further but my most humble petition and importunity to you do not refuse it little father to you in petersburg unlike us in these parts all of course is known and everything is in your reach there has been fixed upon me a cursed lawsuit and here's the seventh year come and gone and i cannot shake it off my neck do you remember the little copse which lies one mile from my property the court made a mistake in the purchase deeds and my adversary medvedov still persists in it the point he says is a got-up one and this he sticks to through thick and thin this same medvedov is the fellow who always used to be poaching fish from your ponds without permission your lamented father drove him away and put him to shame and would have lodged a complaint with the governor for his impudence but in the kindness of his heart god rest his soul let him off and he should have not had mercy on such a rogue help me little father pyotr ivanitch the affair is now before the senate of appeal i don't know in what department or under whom but to be sure they will tell you directly go and see the secretary and the senators incline them in my favour tell them it's all a mistake simply from a mistake in the purchase deed that i am suffering for you they will do everything while you are there by the way kindly trouble to obtain for me a patent of promotion and send it to me further little father pyotr ivanitch there is a little matter of the utmost importance give your heartfelt sympathy to an innocently oppressed victim and aid with advice and assistance we have in the governor's service a councillor droshoff a heart of gold more than a man he would die before he would betray a friend in the town i have no lodging but his house as soon as i arrive i go straight to him i live there for weeks and god forbid you should not make yourself at home he will overwhelm you with good things to eat and drink and cards from dinner till the middle of the night and such a man has been passed over without promotion and now they are forcing him to send in his resignation go and see my dear father all the grandees there and suggest to them what a man afanasy ivanitch is if there is work to be done it goes like a house on fire in his hands tell them he has been falsely denounced by an intrigue of the governor's secretary they will listen to you and write me by return of post and go and see my old colleague kostyakov i have heard from one of your petersburgers who has arrived here studentsin no doubt you know him that he is living at peska there the street boys will tell you the house write by the same post don't be lazy whether he is alive or dead whether he is in good health what he is doing whether he remembers me get acquainted and make friends with him he is a capital fellow an open heart and such an amusing fellow i conclude my letter with a further request adouev ceased reading slowly tore the letter into four pieces and threw it under the table into a basket and then stretched and yawned he took the other letter and began to read it also in an undertone dearest brother gracious sir pyotr ivanitch what a sister said adouev looking at the signature maria gorbatov he looked up at the ceiling trying to recollect something how is it some recollection there that's good my brother was married to a gorbatov this is her sister this is ah i remember he frowned and began to read though fate has severed us perhaps forever and an abyss lies between us years have rolled by he skipped a few lines and began further on 
to the day of my death i shall remember that walk together near our lake when you at risk of your life and health went knee-deep into the water and picked for me some great yellow flowers among the rushes and how a kind of juice ran out of the stems and stained our hands and you fetched water in your cap for us to wash them we laughed so much at it then ah how happy i was that day that flower i have still pressed in a book Adowaf stopped it was clear that this circumstance was not very gratifying to him he shook his head rather suspiciously but have you still kept the ribbons he continued reading that you snatched out of my drawer in spite of my entreaties i snatched out a ribbon he said aloud frowning angrily he skipped a few more lines in silence and read but i was destined for the unwedded state and have always been happy in it there is no one to hinder my recalling those happy days ah the old maid thought pyotr ivanitch isn't it astonishing she should still have yellow flowers in her mind what more is there are you married dearest brother and to whom who is that dear unknown friend who smooths the path of your existence tell me her name i will love her like my own sister and in my dreams her image will be joined with yours and i will remember her in my prayers but if you are not married now what is the reason write me frankly no one will tear your secrets from me i shall bury them in my bosom and they shall be torn from me only together with my heart do not delay i am burning with eagerness to read your words so incomprehensible no it's your words that are so incomprehensible thought pyotr ivanitch i did not know he read that our dear sashenka had suddenly decided to visit the splendid metropolis happy boy he will see the magnificent houses and shops will enjoy the luxuries of town and will press his adored uncle to his bosom but i i meanwhile shall be shedding tears over the memory of my own happy days if i had known of his departure i should have worked day and night and have embroidered a cushion for you a negress with two dogs you would not believe how often i have wept looking at that pattern what is more sacred than friendship and fidelity now i am possessed by one only thought i shall devote my days to it but i have no wool here good enough and so i am venturing to beg you dearest brother to send me some like this pattern which i have enclosed of the very best english wool as soon as possible from the first shop but what am i saying what an awful thought arrests my pen perhaps you have already forgotten me and how should you remember the poor sufferer who can but weep secluded from the world but no i cannot think that you are a monster like all men no my heart speaks and tells me that you have kept your old sentiment towards me towards all in the midst of all the pomps and pleasures of the great metropolis this thought is a balm for my suffering heart forgive me i cannot write more my hand trembles i remain till death yours maria gorbatov p s have you brother any good books by you send me some if you have any to spare on every page i should remember you and weep or get me some new from a shop if they are not too dear they say the works of mr zagoskin and of mr marlinsky are very good let it be those and i have seen in the papers the title of prejudices by puzin send me that i can't endure prejudices having read it through adowaf was just going to get rid of that letter but he stopped short no he thought i will keep it there are people who make a speciality of such letters some of them have whole collections perhaps someone would be glad to have it he threw the letter into the beaded basket which hung on the wall then took up the third letter and began to read it dear brother-in-law pyotr ivanitch do you remember how seventeen years ago we were preparing for your departure from us 
now it has pleased god to send my own son on the same long journey you will be delighted with him he will remind you of our dear lamented fedor ivanitch sashenka is his father over again god alone knows what my mother's heart has suffered in letting him go away to strange parts i send him my dear brother-in-law straight to you i was not willing he should lodge anywhere except with you adouev again shook his head silly old woman he muttered and read on he might in his inexperience i dare say have put up at the inn but i knew that his uncle might feel hurt by that and i bade him go straight to you how delighted you will be when you see him don't let him want for advice brother-in-law and take him under your wing i give him into your hands pyotr ivanitch paused again of course you are all he has he went on reading look after him don't spoil him too much and don't be too severe with him he is sure to get severity from someone and strangers will be hard upon him but he has no one to pet him except his kinsman and he is such an affectionate boy you have only to see him and then you will not part with him and tell the chief in whose office he will be to take care of my sashenka and to treat him tenderly before all things he has been tenderly cared for with me keep him from wine and cards at night you will no doubt sleep in the same room sashenka has a way of lying on his back from this he is apt dear heart to toss and groan in his sleep you must rouse him gently and turn him over he will go off again at once but in summer cover his mouth with a handkerchief he is apt to sleep with it open and the tiresome flies are so troublesome in the morning and don't let him want either in the matter of money adouev frowned but his face quickly brightened again when he read further but i am sending what is needful and i have just put into his hands a thousand roubles only don't let him waste it on trifles and don't let sharpers get hold of him to be sure one hears there are so many rascals and unscrupulous creatures of every sort in your metropolis and in conclusion excuse all shortcomings dear brother-in-law i have quite got out of the habit of letter-writing i remain your respectful and affectionate sister-in-law a adouev p s i send with this some presents from the country some raspberries from our garden some white honey as clear as teardrops some linen for two dozen shirts and some household preserves eat and wear them and may they do you good and when they are done i will send more and keep an eye over yevsay he is a quiet fellow and sober but i dare say in time he will be spoiled if he is you must let him have a whipping pyotr ivanitch laid the letter deliberately on the table still more deliberately took up a cigar and after rolling it in his hands began to smoke he deliberated a long while on the trick as he mentally called it which his sister-in-law was playing upon him he began to analyse closely what they were doing with him and what he ought to do himself he resolved the whole incident into the following propositions his nephew he knew nothing of and consequently cared nothing about and therefore his heart imposed on him no obligations of any kind to him the matter must be judged simply by the light of reason and common justice his brother had married he had entered upon married life for his own pleasure why should he pyotr ivanitch be burdened with the responsibility of his brother's son he who had enjoyed none of the advantages of matrimony there was obviously no reason but a point presented itself on the other side the mother had packed her son straight off to him to his protection not knowing whether he was willing to undertake this responsibility not even knowing whether he was in a position to do anything for his nephew granted this was absurd still if the deed was done in his nephew in petersburg without assistance without acquaintance 
without even letters of recommendation young and quite inexperienced would he be doing right to leave him uncared for to throw him on the world without advice and warnings and if anything should go wrong with him would he not feel answerable to his conscience at this point adouev chanced to recall how seventeen years ago his dead brother and anna pavlovna had dispatched him to petersburg they certainly had not been able to do anything for him in petersburg he had made his own way but he remembered her tears at the leave-taking her blessing quite maternal her fond caresses her pies and last of all her parting words ah when our sashenka then a child of three is grown up perhaps you brother will be good to him here pyotr ivanitch stood up and went with quick steps into the hall vasily he said when my nephew comes don't send him away but go and find out whether the apartment above here has been taken that was to let not long ago and if it has not been let yet say that i will retain it for myself ah these are the presents well what are we to do with them the man from our shop saw them just now as they brought them upstairs he inquired if we could let him have the honey i will give you a good price said he and the raspberries should he take good give them to him well and where are we to put the linen wouldn't it do for chair covers put away the linen then and put away the jam we could eat that it looks good End of chapter 2, part 1, recording by expatriate in Bangor, Maine.